Hey, hey, I love the way you've been saying today, and maybe because you're in that mood, you've been saying the way you say it is like professor. I'm not. Don't, I would never professor. be coming to you like. No, the way you, you know the way you say. It, just then, if you don't, if you're doing it regular, then say. Nah, you know who I'm going to be cooing over and talking sexy to? Go ahead. Peter, honey girl. <laughs> He's on the line. I dare you. Shut up, Peter. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, my God. Peter, honey right. girl. From you guys are you know, You guys are nuts. We're not nuts. I'm nuts for you, baby. Right? What? Yo, in front of me, English? Shut up. What kind of business is that? You don't know what's going on in my leggings right now. Shut up. <laughs> All right? It's Valentine's. Peter, honey girl. Mr. Honey. Oh, God, it's a pleasure. How are you? I am not too bad. Thank you very much. I'm not too bad at all, Lady English. Thank you. Um, on the show thanks for inviting me along listen this is long overdue i actually met you a few years at um the giants of lovers rock at the o2 arena and i think i met you and i got your number but the interview never happened i don't know i think because you probably didn't recognize the number you never <laughs> answered me and i was gutted i was so hurt because i was like i need him do you know what i'm saying because you wrote so many songs about me do you know what i'm saying perfect lady be my lady no, not really. I'm playing, but yeah. So it's a pleasure and an honour to have you on Soundchat Radio. Do you know what I'm saying? One of the finest, finest Lovers Rock singers, vocalist out of the UK. And I'm very, very proud. You've been in the business forever. So for those of you on stateside who don't know who Peter Honeygirl is, okay, like I said, he's one of the most prolific Lovers Rock artists. And tell the listeners, Peter, because I don't want to let them know how old I am, all right? But it's okay for you to say how old you are, all right? When you first started singing. <laughs> Peter. Yep. Hi. Yeah. So when when did you first start singing? Because I know it's in the 80s sometime. Um, did you start singing at school or was you at a youth club? How did you start getting into singing and how were you discovered? Right. Um... In, in fact, I was a mu- well. I still am a musician. I'm a musician first before singing. So um, my love for singing, yeah, did did develop in what we call here secondary school. Well, as you know, lady English, you know mm-hmm. we have people here. So yeah, I was able to meet with uh, like-minded people who love music just like me. And um, my greatest inspiration, it'd be better to say, would be the Mighty Diamond. Ooh. <laughs> After hearing their tones, Tabby Diamonds, after hearing those tones, it, it inspired me so much. But um, as a profession, I was a musician first. Wow. So I played rhythm and bass and stuff like that. So Okay, so your instrument, you play bass? And I, wh- played, I played bass when I was gigging with bands like the Pioneers and Chosen Few and stuff like that. Oh my um, gosh. But my... Um, original instrument is rhythm guitar which is a six string guitar as most musicians out there will know wow so that was my love so you know? the instruments you learned them in school or was you going to a youth club or where did you learn to play instruments or was it at home someone in your family no it's well it's something i've always loved but you, you develop it at secondary school you know what i mean in in my day you didn't really have too much areas or too much you know places where you could go and people could understand what you were trying to do right. you know they just those type of institutions here i mean obviously music's moved on you know leaps and bounds now so you we've got all kind of academies now that will teach young people music how to play the instruments and, and indeed the internet as well where you can go on and, and teach yourself 
But um, I was at school when I was able to take some, you know, rudimentary lessons. On a, you know, doing one particular class, we can go and do guitar. So myself and one or two other friends, we said, yeah, let's go and do music. And, you know, we learned our craft in, um, you know, music. Yeah. That's brilliant. You know what? The only instrument... I went to Priory Park School, right, in Stockwell. Yeah. And the only instrument I remember playing was steel band. <laughs> right? I don't remember being... We didn't have nothing else. And the recorder <laughs> at primary school. What school did you go to then? South Hill. Road boy. Get out, <laughs> South Hill. Get out. Wow. Well, I didn't know that. Do you know what I'm saying? That you were able to learn instruments. Because, like I said, I only remember doing steel band in my school. Do you know what I'm saying? Boring Priory Park. But there you go. So, you played with some very important bands in the industry, the Pioneers and the Chosen Few. So, did you become a vocalist whilst gigging with them? I mean, you took your influence from Tabby Diamonds, from the Mighty Diamond. And um, how did it, how did it develop? Did you write your first song and then you presented it to the group, or how did it start? Right, it was kind of like a little bit different. Um, all right, so my vocal and my love for for singing and understanding inspiration, as I said, was Mighty Diamonds. But I was still a musician. See, going to Tulsa School meant that you could link up with other people like yourself. And I met up with my colleague today, dear colleague of mine, still is, who is an engineer. Okay. So. You know, weekends, you know, he he left school. He's a year senior to me. Mm-hmm. So he left school and he's working at a studio called The Wolf Studio in Wardour Street, um, which is like... In the West End. Yeah, correct. And we used to get weekends up there. We could do dubs and, you know, own our craft that way and stuff. Now, Fitzroy, you know, my colleague, he's a bit of a genius. Mm-hmm. And he went on to build his own little four-track recording studio. And it was there with... To, uh, our own personal recordings and stuff like that and I was able to write songs and you know we had a group of musicians there at that time who would turn around and say yeah Roy Pete let's let's try and do this so I said listen I've got a little bass line or I've got a little song let me try Wow. you know and that's how we developed it you know what I mean and we did uh, songs there and I was able to sing songs and be a musician you know this is in my real sort of like early years and stuff Wow, that is absolutely brilliant. Who knew, you know what I'm saying, that you started at, from Tulsa and then you're, you, you you had like-minded friends, you know what I'm saying, and everything just pretty much fell into your lap, you know what I'm saying? It was your destiny to be a musician, you know what I'm saying, and the supreme vocalist that you are, right? The chat room is blowing up, my WhatsApp is blowing up, everybody loves Peter Honeygirl. From I put out the flyers, is mad things on my WhatsApp, you know what I'm saying, oh. everyone, it's crazy, you know what I'm saying, you are very, very important to the genre of reggae and lovers rock in general and you know um it's just brilliant to have you here people are going crazy and you know the english connection media and lots of english djs british djs because you know we have english parties here do you know what i'm saying we all get together you know like like in england like our parents they see another jamaican and they just all start hanging out it doesn't matter if they had beef when they were in Jamaica, when they go to another country, they're all mates. So it's the same thing here, right? We have English parties and you are featured so much, do you know what I'm saying? Your song, just universal love, do you know what I'm saying? And you're the best person to have on the show today, the day before Valentine's Day. So mm. let me ask you about the first song. The first song that I knew you from was um, Slipping Away. I bought that record. Um, I think maybe I might have been 16, 17. Mate, yeah, something like that. 
So that song, Slipping Away, you wrote that yourself, right? Correct. And is that is that I'm being nosy now, right? You can don't hang up though, right? So what 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 was going on in your head when that song slipping away? Was that your little girlfriend from Dick Shepherd or whatever school she was? Uh, <laughs> what happened? That slipping away, big tune for a uh, young man. Oh bless your heart, darling. <laughs> bless my heart. Thank you. Thank you. You see, Professor, somebody loves me. People bless me, not like you, you little git. Anyway, sorry, Peter. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Oh, right, that, you know, coming back to what I was saying earlier on, we was working at Wardle Street. That song came from those sessions. I see. You know, um, in our young days, because I was still at school when we was recording at Wardle Street. What? Yes, because um, we used to get weekends there, you know? Your mum let you go, your mum and dad let you go up to the West End? No, we... Mm-hmm. Daytime, it's in the daytime. You, you know, we go in the daytime because Wardour, the studio was closed on weekends. So Fitzroy used to work there, he used to get free time there. Okay. We'd, we'd, you know, we can have basically as long as you like, you know. So we used the time, you know. We had, you know, one or two friends who could slap the drums and a bass guitar and stuff, and we'd go up there and record. So, wow. like I was saying, I was inspired, you know, by Mighty Diamond. So that, that knack for singing and also songwriting you know, came from there. So I was able to write the song um, Slipping Away, you know, because you want to do that when you go to the studio, you've got something to sing, you know, then we Yeah, yeah, wow. You were yeah. really you were really lucky. Your parents supported what you wanted to do. My mum never liked reggae. I was saying last week when I spoke to Pekins how my mum used to call it rubbish because when she left Jamaica, reggae wasn't in and she never was into reggae. So it's really, it's a good thing, you know what I'm saying, that your parents were supportive and obviously they loved the music. And they supported you because you're still in it, in the business after all these years. So we're grateful. So... Your experience with The Chosen Few, The Pioneer, and then your first hit. What was it like for you in London, right? Particularly South London, where you grew up, right? Like myself. What was it like when your song came out the first time you heard it on the radio? And what was what was the what was the first station where you heard it and the reception you received from your mates round away? What was right. it like? Mm-hmm. How can I say? It was early days. So you... <laughs> You're a new name, so you're not going to get too much excitement built up around you. Yes, you'll get your local friends and stuff back. Say, oh boy, you got a song, yeah, that's all right, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, and whatever, you know. But really what you want, you want it to really pass the mark and boom up the place. But in reality, it doesn't work like that. Right. You're still a new name, you know. I mean, people can hear your song and stuff like that and like it, you know, and whatever, and comment and whatever. And fortunately enough for me, people like the song. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it was really the first known song that I was known for, you know? And uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good reception. Um, what can I say? I mean, it was a, it was a hype to like Lovers Rock. Well, you'd know this, Lady English. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that period was around Lovers Rock, because Lovers Rock was around, what, 75, 15, I remember at school and hearing the first Lovers Rock songs. And right, stuff. right. So, um... Yeah, it was like um, yeah, it was in it. It just rolled in with everything else, which was good. If it was a flop, then you'd worry. But you know what I mean? It wasn't that. It rolled in with everything. You know, it just meshed in with everything else. So that was good enough. Yeah. The point was going on and making your next song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Building your repertoire and getting people to know you more and stuff like that. So it was a progressive thing. You know. 
so let's talk about some of the labels, some of the British labels that you were on, what you started on. Your first song came out on which label? And how did they find you? Right, Slipping Away came up on LGR Records, mm-hmm. which is third Records. But our primary label, again, I mentioned my colleague Fitzroy Blake, he designed a label called Street Vibes. Yes, okay. And that was the main label he and I worked on. You know, that was our label. Although Fitzy started it, that was our label. So Fitzroy do the engineering and I do the music. You know, we'd taken on two other colleagues as well to do some keyboard work and other bits and pieces later on. Mm-hmm. And so we did all our early productions on Street Five Records. And that went on for a few years. So we went through the period of like, say like, uh, giving myself away, be my lady, straight up to the first album, mm-hmm. which was called this time and we did some singles after that and then after shortly after you know we broke out and did other projects tipper and i tipper Irie, and myself we got together again keeping it in the family we released the song called ragamuffin girl i remember that I yeah remember that. yeah and that was on mm-hmm. in blakey records so that was fitzroy's younger brother now brought that label up so and, you know, we went from there and I went on to record for other labels. People were saying, pick, pick up and sing a song for me and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What label you start with, da, 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 and so forth. And I, I guess one of the main protagonists as well would have been sort of like Jetstar Records because I recorded a ton of stuff for them as Mr. well. Mr. Palmer. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Jetstar. Okay. And then, so we have so many labels like Peckins, as you mentioned before, Saxon Records, Stingray Records. Records from all over the globe, really. I mean, even as far as New York, you know, the stateside, we've got Manila Jeepney. Um, in Jamaica as well, Gussie Clark, you know, Germany, you know, Silly Walk, you know, Spain, uh, Spain, France, wow. another, yeah, yeah, and the globe, you yeah, know. You're, you're very, very, very in demand, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just so surprised that you haven't been to Madison Square Garden to do shows yet, because you're really, really huge you know what i'm saying and you know you're unsung in the industry not in the uk because we award ours you know what i'm saying and from i was writing you know what i'm saying in 84 85 you were getting awards in the 80s you know what i'm saying um rest in peace tony williams for the british um, the Breer awards yeah so you got loads of awards one year you know what i'm saying and i do remember you going up and getting your awards and stuff so let me ask you about the, the the music fraternity in the UK because you know in in Jamaica it's it's a different setup and there's a lot of fight you know when new artists come on the scene can you say is there any fight in the UK in the music it doesn't seem so to me but I left there in '97 so I don't really know what's going on but during that period there were so many lovers rock artists groups you know solo artists did you get any fight when you came in do you know what I'm saying what was it well, I, mm-hmm. I think it's fair. It's the nature, the nature of, of 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 life that people, you know, you sometimes you see people rising, and you'll get some people saying, mm, well, "Yeah, no, whatever," you know, and they'll have their their accounts to make, which is fine still. But I say, and I'll be honest with you, generally, we're very much a loving crew up here. Yeah, oh yeah, I feel I feel like that too, because that's one thing with me. I I. I big up our UK music, do you know what I'm saying? Because there's people who don't know that there was a whole lovers rock movement in the UK that they don't know about, do you know what I'm saying? And um, I like to think that, 
you know, we're a bit more civil to each other. Do you know what I'm saying? And that we welcome each other and that we want to help and that there's no fight. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no, you know, there's none of this malarkey. Look, if, if such and such a person is on the bill, I don't want to work with them. It's, it's nothing like that in the UK. So I'm glad that you said what you said because it's pretty much in keeping with what I tell a professor all the time. We're loving, you know what I'm saying? We're not like him. Do you know what I'm saying? Because he's got his Jamaican roots, so he's a bit of a bully. No, no. <laughs> I'm a bedroom bully. <laughs> okay, whatever. Hey, listen, li- listen, don't 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 be fooled by Peter Huntingale. Trust me, right? Peter's he, a nice He's guy. a terror in the bedroom. He's no, not. <laughs> he's civil. He's kind. He'd be like, turn off the lights. He's vo- he don't <laughs> sing like he's got a beautiful voice. Um, hey Peter, I want you to say turn off the lights like Terry Prendergrast style. He can't. <laughs> yes he he's, can. He cannot. There you go. See? Look! <laughs> Peter. Hey, that was like, hey, Turner. Hey, hey, listen, a whole bunch of lights just turned off right now. Uh, shut up. <laughs> no, everyone's asking questions in the chat room. Do you know what I'm saying? I have Black, and she's Black is saying, what What does it mean to you to be lauded worldwide? And did you ever believe that your music, you and your music, would be so legendary? Well, thank you, thank you for the caller. Bless the heart. Um, so I think, like I say, you know, you you, you want to keep on going on. Mm-hmm. Your thing, if you really love music, and I'd say, and, and just from my point of view, the point was to keep on going on and making songs, making the music that you'd love and what you imagine people would like to hear, because it's what you kind of do. And um, I don't know, I think it's a love thing, right. you know, and I, I think the rest of it just comes as consequence of what you do, you right. know. I'm so grateful for, for, for the callers and the fans that call in who appreciate my music, because that was... Game. That's the aim. Not yeah, so they much. Love you. People yeah. are going crazy. The money. It's 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 not so much the fame or anything like that. It's the music. You love making music, just mm-hmm. like you guys like to play music over the radio. That's what you do. Come what may, mm-hmm. if what's blowing or whatever, you still find a way to play your music and stuff because it's what you love. That's right. And so I'm so fortunate and I'm so grateful for the people who appreciate and love my music, you know? Yeah, yeah. man, we got to share you. I mean, in the chat room, we've got a big selector here called um, Joseph Cart- um, jo- Joseph Dimension. He's from Culture Cartel and he's just blowing up the chat room, you know what I'm saying? Because of you, right? He, Everyone's like the legendary Peter Honeygale. I mean, this is a big deal to have you on the show this morning. And it's just, like I said, it's so perfect. It's the day before Valentine's Day and, you know... You're the man of love, do you know what I'm saying? And we just really, really, really appreciate you. So let me ask you. So you, you're a main, your main thing now is you're a vocalist, but do you still play your bass guitar? I mean, do you do gigs? Do you back any other singers? He's backing me up. Shut up. <laughs> um, in actual fact, I, we do a ton of PAs up here at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been, in actual fact, we've been doing it for years, but we still do do we still do the live performances well here but in the PAs we don't really play the instruments because mm-hmm. it's just you, 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 you know you're doing the thing right on the live shows now I have a band that does all the music for me and stuff so it gives me a chance to run up and down the stage and do all those type of things so I'm not sort of like tethered to a guitar and stuff right but interestingly enough I think because um, I still play instruments because a lot of the records you hear I play them I play the bass rhythm lead and stuff you know wow you know, if, yeah, if you know anything about me, you know I love bass lines. I was talking last week about um, the sexiest bass line from um, Family Man Barrett for the Whalers. Do you know what I'm saying? I used to be in love with Fish, right? Do you remember Fish in Undivided Roots? 
You know what I'm saying? I love bass lines. So if I didn't know Why you... Why do you think I bought me a bass? Shut up. If if I knew you were a bass line man, bass man, I would have been all over you. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't listen, don't listen to me. Um, yeah. So, yes, Easy English is in the chat. She's saying that we've got to try and get you over. And me and Professor, we talk about that all the time, that we're going to have a UK um, Lovers Rock showcase. Do you know what I'm saying? To... Um, you know, to show off our British artists that so many people don't know about. And because you are one of the... You're, you're in the archive. I think this is right. Someone's saying in the chat room that Peter is in the archives of one of the top British, top UK artists. Of course. Both pop and reggae. So mm-hmm. we know that, do you know what I'm saying? You you have been in the top 40 before, haven't you, in England? I can't remember what song. Was it you and Tipper? Correct. And that was, in actual fact, that wasn't even a reggae song, but your caller was, was, was correct there. We had did a song called Shouting for the Gunners. Yes, which, yes right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Sorry. You know, and that just got outside the top 40, you know I mean? I mean, had uh, George Graham at the time. Um... I'm not saying just like I'm gonna get so confused. But yes, had their manager uh, uh, let the team come through to perform on top of the pops, mm. you know the song would have shot right through. Wow. And you know, but they they had that match the the weekend, so we'd have filmed Thursday, and then by Saturday they would have had a match. But their manager um, said no, they couldn't come and do top of the pops. So that was that. But we managed to get top forty with it. You yeah, know. Yeah, brilliant. That is that's that's. Cute. Saxon, did you used to go to the dances? Saxon dances? I did. We, we, I'd go to one or two Saxon dances, but I started from a young age with the sound system thing, mm-hmm. lady. Young, young age. Mm-hmm. So, Saxon came later on in my life, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, they came out on the sound system thing and, you know. And by this time, I was, I was, I was all over the place. You know, I had my favourite sounds. Being raised and, and grew up in Brixton and stuff, you'd have sounds mm-hmm. like and all the legendary sounds. You know, the Eunice, Safrana, the um, my, mm-hmm. my, my kid sound, um, Wappy King. Wappy, get out! I forgot about that. You know, you know, they used to play um, the town hall dances, Brixton Town Hall, Wandsworth Town Hall, the dances that I really weren't allowed to go to, but I used to find a way to lie to my mum to get there. So you brought some memories back there. You had a few kings there. You had Wappy King. Wappy King never played at none of the major towns. It sounds like you think it would be Danny King and Neville King. Yes. So play. They were bigger sounds. They'd play at the town hall and them things there. You know what I mean? Wow. That you just yeah. brought back some memories of uh, yeah local sound. Did you used to go to Nasty Rockers dances? Do you remember Nasty again, Rockers? Uh, again, Nasty Rockers came a little bit later, you know what I mean? So, okay. you know, they... Hmm, yeah, I would go around and check Nasty Rockers, you know what I mean? Because they're my neighbourhood sound. So you do one and... Because I was doing my thing before that, you know what I mean? We say, yeah, yeah, well, Cuck's not a legend, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the rapper and them sound, certain sound, you know? Right, nice, wow. And, uh, so, Nasty Rutgers, Sax and all those sounds came a little bit later. Gotcha. You know? By then, you were a huge superstar, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, wow, you had so, to be fighting off all the girls. Uh, well, I don't know, and I respect every woman still, because right now, you know, I know a lot I of don't. the ladies. <laughs> you, you do, Professor, <laughs> you do. <laughs> The ladies, it's a great respect, you know what I mean, from, from myself with the ladies, and I knew this long time ago, you know, 
they'll come and they support you and they'll scream and they want to hug and they want to kiss and take a picture with you. And throw their knickers on the stage. Maybe so. <laughs> I didn't. I never used to do that. So though. how you know about that? I was a decent guy. I just know. You know, like Tom Jones. Peter's one of them. Do you know what I'm saying? We love him. His voice. His voice alone does things to you. Right, even if you didn't want to take your knickers off, you had to because they were probably wet. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the thing about it is I, I always appreciate that and I respect all the ladies because, you know, obviously they come to support you and, you know, when they leave you, they're going back home. They're going back home to their families and stuff like that. To start a family. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's Randy. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> sorry. But your voice, God. You're part of their entertainment. You know, you're part of their evening out, and you've got to help make that evening special for them. That's and you right. definitely do your job. He does. He really, really does. You know what I'm saying? It is a real so, honor and a pleasure to have you. And um, like I said, as soon as everything opens up, do you know what I'm saying? And Pete, we're allowed to no have lie. We're definitely going to do it. We're going to, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It's been on our radar for a long time, and we've been. Laying and messing about, do you know what I'm saying? But we're no, because we knew the pandemic was going to happen. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen. You probably caused it. You need to brush your teeth more often. Look what you've caused. <laughs> anyway, so Pete, we will be bringing you over here because you know, like I said, today my WhatsApp is blowing up, the chat room, the Instagram. People were excited from I started sharing that fly yesterday. People were like mad. Do you know what I'm saying? Everybody loves Peter Honeygirl. Everybody oh, loves Peter Honeygirl. Thanks for that, and I'll always try my best. To- to be the best version of myself when it comes to the music and mm-hmm. try and get it right for the listeners, you know what I mean? That's one thing, you know, we'll always try our best to, you know, respect, you know, what people show you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Love give you and you always try want to put out your best for that, you know? Yeah, yeah so I thanks, you know, and I, I always look forward, you know, for when this thing is lifted and, you know, everyone's safe and... Hopefully we can get back to what we were doing. Yeah, it'd be lovely for me to come across. Awesome, awesome. Um, Yeah, so, all right, Ziggy Dub from the UK. He's bigging you up. He's on my WhatsApp. Everyone's going crazy. Right, Easy English is saying she loves hearing you talk and that voice of his. So you see, you're doing things to people in their house right now just by virtue of you talking. You ain't even singing. So can you imagine what happens when he starts singing? Oh, and ladies, by the way, if you're going to throw your knickers because of COVID, put it in a Ziploc bag (laughs) and then throw it on stage, okay? (laughs) I'm after this week, after this week, it's a wrap for you. Okay, no, not really. All right, so Peter, I don't want to put you on the spot, okay? You've you've worked with so many producers. Is there a particular producer that you've worked with who stands out in your mind because he brought, you know, more from you, more out of your voice? Do you know what I'm saying? Is there a producer that did that for you? Like, made you, you know, sing or go to a place in your soul that that you hadn't reached before? Well, I'd like to say, I'd I'd like to say most people I work with, you know, Mm -hmm. sax, you know, Rad's Records, you know, um, Stingway Records, you know, people like these, you know, they, they have an idea of what they want, you know, and they will try things with you. Saxon, you know, Musled is like that, you know. Yeah. The Stingway's like that. You're doing project work with Jetstar Records, they're very much like that. So okay. there is a actually stands out. I just think that they're trying to get the best out of me, what... You know, from their perception of the music they produce and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's quite varied, you know. Gussie Clark in Jamaica as well. 
you know, um, Donovan Jermaine, who was in my early years, came across to England, who wanted to give me give me that opportunity to come to Jamaica to record as well. Wow, He's that is huge. Of people who really want to draw the best out of you. Mm-hmm. I'd say uh, across the board, I, I think all all the producers I've worked with have all got a target. They've got a sound that they want to try and get me to achieve. I mean, and I I do clearly understand what you're saying as well. For example. Maybe if a producer from a different genre, oh, mm-hmm. tell a lie, that, that has come up. Did some recording for a company in Scotland last mm-hmm. year, and they were specific about the way they wanted me to sing and what they wanted to, you know, get out of me as vocaling, you know. They wanted, me doing, they wanted me to sing an Eddie Kendrick song in actual fact. Oh, wow. That must have um, been good. Which, yeah, it's, 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 it's Eddie Kendrick sings a sort of like real falsetto type of real high you know what I mean yeah on the type of sound you know and that's not quite my range right but what I can sing is singing an octave lower but gotcha. still the same flair you know what I mean mm-hmm. so that was the idea so you'll get people like that who want you to do sort of like techniques like that and sing in a different way mm-hmm. and, and just still challenging you know but it's great for me or most artists to know their limits of what they can do and if the song suits you, you can say to the producer, yeah, I think I can deal with that. If not, you can even say, well, look, you know what, that's not the way I actually sing, you know. Right. And, you know, so because not everything you're, you're approached with, you can do or you're suitable to do. Gotcha. So that's another thing you've got to learn about your vocal. Some people say, puppy, you can sing everything. Mm, I'm quite adaptable, yes, but it doesn't mean that you can sing everything, you know, so... Right. So, I mean, you've been singing for, I guess, close on 40 years, right? So your voice and your spoken voice and your singing voice are exactly the same. I mean, why, how come your, your voice is just so pure and crystal crystal clear? All right, so are you teetotal? Do you even drink anything apart from water? Your voice ain't changed at all. Do you, do you drink? Do you smoke? It doesn't sound like it. Yeah, no, I don't really, you know. I mean, you might have the, what they say, the occasional... You know, cigar, what a celebratory cigar or something like that, or maybe a glass of champagne or whatever. Right. You know, but no, I'm not really a drinker as such. Um, you know, I'm a man. I just like my fruit juice and stuff. You know, I, I I don't have a pub like people go to the pub here in the UK. I don't have a pub you go to and stuff. You never like- used to go to the Angel or the Green Man on Colab Lane. Get out. <laughs> well, Peter, <laughs> you didn't go to the pub. Wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Your voice is amazing because you know, even my voice, and I'm not a singer because I can't sing. Right, but we even my shut up. Even my voice over the years has got deeper. Do you know what I'm saying? It's got raspier. Right, people's uh, voices change. Yours hasn't. Hmm? That's why. I, <laughs> shut up. It has changed. It has changed. It has changed. It's it's not as a fact because I was listening to some recordings of myself in my early days. Mm-hmm. Why? Some of them notes I couldn't hit again like that. Wow. Because you change as you get on in age, your voice does change. It's just that I think I've got the same sort of like tones, you right, know? Right. And you can easily destroy your voice. You can easily destroy your voice right. by not using it, not practicing it. You know, for example, say, like I said, well, after about 10 years, I'm done with the singing, let me go and do some laboring work and building work. You might still have your voice a little bit, but your skills and everything else might might diminish in that respect. Gotcha. Because I keep on using my voice and, you know, it's important to try and maintain that tone. But yes, your, your voice does 
change. You know, it does change through the years. You, you'll have that identifiable tone, mm-hmm. but the that you could do what you used to do when you did, was young, true age and stuff, you don't, you can't get to do it so much when you're older. Your voice changes, you know. Yeah, people yeah. are killing me here. So I have Joseph, Joseph Sound, from Soundstation. So he's asking me to remind you that he brought you here in 2004 for a Valentine's dance you did for them in 2004. That is the Black British crew. Okay. <laughs> Correct, and I was going to mention them as well. I had been to New York a couple of times with the BBC, right? Um, British crew, and in actual fact, I think it's twice. I think, but I remember one occasion specifically was there. I think the other occasion was up in Boston. Then we had to come down to New York. Mm-hmm. So I think I performed in New York twice before. But yes, indeed, I was I was there with the, with the Black British crew in New York, and I won't forget it. You know what I mean? It was the first time I traveled to New York and a gig there. So bless their guys. Yeah, you know, we're gonna, they're going to bring you back. 2004, I was I was knocked up, mate. So, <laughs> so what, I didn't it go, wasn't me. I know, you, da- you flipping right, weren't you, <laughs> little git? Yeah, so we're going to have you back. People are going crazy. Like I said, my WhatsApp, Paulette British is on, Ziggy Dub is on, um, <laughs> Marcia British is on. There's so much people. You lot are really horrible. That means on a Saturday morning, yeah, when I'm just sending out my flyers to listen to me, you lot don't say nothing, but soon as Peter Honeygale comes on, do you know what I'm saying? Like thousands crawl out of the woodwork. No, not really. I appreciate you lot and thank you for welcoming Peter as wholeheartedly and with so much love as I do because, like I said, I really, really, really appreciate you. Love your voice and I'm just happy that you're still singing because so many of our artists that we grew up with, they're not singing anymore for one reason or another. Do you know what I'm saying? The work isn't there. You know, they just, they don't right. have a long career, but you still do. So has there, has there been any point during your long career, do you know what I'm saying, full of accolades, you've got so many awards and stuff. Has there ever been a time that you said, you know what, I'm going to knock this on the air, I, I'm tired, I don't want to do it anymore? I think every five years. <laughs> <laughs> every five years. Okay. <laughs> Feeling, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you, you, it does, you know what I mean? On a personal tip like that, it does. You, you feel to yourself, okay, yeah, you know, I'll feel like I can fry in the towel, you know what I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. And stuff, obviously, with the changing climate in, in media and technology. Of course kind of helps you think that way as well you know you know lady english when we when we come up with in vinyl records that's right that's right every industry was now you know with the advent of you know everything going over to the computer and downloading everything else we've lost so much in the industry it really has and i even this morning i think to myself why did the record companies give up mm. why did the companies yield to computer companies you know taking our music to sell their phones and giving, saying, oh, buy one of our phones and you can get a hundred songs to download for free. That should have never happened. That should have never happened. Mm-hmm. killed the business. It really has, it really has. But, um, you know, we're so fortunate, do you know what I'm saying? Me and thousands of others, we, we have our original records, we collect your records, and, and we search up and down the internet for vinyl records. Not everybody enjoys CDs, and I definitely, I don't like the downloads, the iTunes stuff, because... There are, if we like the real thing. Yes, right, the real things, you know what I'm saying? So, um, that's it. So, uh, talking about the, the state of the industry now, okay, you've been in the UK, and... You know, our 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 era of music, you know, it's it's like an um, underground thing now. Do you know what I'm saying? Everything is grime and, you know, some, I, I can't say rubbish music because, you know, but, lots of people do appreciate it. But what do you think of the state 
of the music now in the UK? Right. One thing, music and anything like that is called a creative art. Mm-hmm. And we can always appreciate people's efforts to their, towards their creativity. So the actual music, if it is what it is today, that's fine. The thing what I fight against the most is the content, the lyrical content that some people put on records. Right. And it's like some of some of it's really, you know, um, you don't, you know, you don't sort rubbish. Of like, say it, rubbish. You're scared. No, it's not that. <laughs> it's, you can't play it around your mum, innit, Peter? You wouldn't feel comfortable playing it in front of your Correct. parents. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. With people talking about blowing people's head back or disrespecting women and calling them, you know, bitches or whatever mm-hmm. and stuff, all yeah. this type. And, and yeah, profanities on music. That to me is not music. Gotcha, gotcha. So, would you agree then? Do you think that some of the young people, you know, I was telling um, right my friend yesterday, you know, our mutual friend, I was saying yesterday, I actually feel safer in New York. Do you know what I'm saying? Then coming home because there's so much violence. Do you know what I'm saying? With the young people, I know they're probably not going to mess with, you know, ours. They know who they're looking for, but. It's so annoying, you know, there's so many stabbings, so many violent incidents happening all over the UK at the moment. So do you, would you, do you think that the music has anything to do with that or is it just the way that, you know, the generations go? Well, the youngsters learn their badness off of music. No two ways off of music. Mm-hmm. Learn them badness off a of record. Yeah. Yeah? They hear artists, so they might hear Jamaican artists cuss about, no, not cuss a bad word, but talk bad. Mm-hmm. At, at the blow man marrow and them thing there. You know what I mean? Or they might hear some rap songs, hardcore rap songs from the States, you know, saying, you know, this and that, whatever. These guys over here, they they kind of play role that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. If you know it, they're walking up and down the, the place with their knives and the the side arms and whatever. I was asked to go and do a performance at um, um, like Felton, which is a, a young young offenders prison. Right. So I was able to go there and, and going there to do this performance. I was able to speak to some of the inmates, and some of these youths are beautiful youths, you know, mm-hmm. lady. And I got the chance to speak to some of them, and I'm saying to this man, you know, you've got a really good head. What are you doing here? Yeah. And I don't know. Wow. They, they don't know, and I put to myself, you don't know why you're here? Yeah, no, I don't know, I've got, you know, it's just... But they follow badness, they learn badness off a record, and one teach one, and, and, and they continue to do it. Because the kids up here, they have no reason. Some of the things that, you know, they're, they're actually doing up here, it doesn't make any sense. Hmm. I live in Brixton, but some of the youths up here can't go... Well, I live in Brixton Hill, so some of the youths hmm. from here don't can't go down to Brixton. Wow different area and stuff like that and you know i made a song called african tears mm-hmm. I, um that puts a question to 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 our people's sort of like you know why are we doing this you know come on man you know what i mean we're, we're more intelligent than this you know you Crazy. can't say oh a person comes from a different pulse code you, you want a war with them that don't make sense yeah well, that's rubbish that is that makes you don't, sense. you know what i mean you yeah, and then learn them badness off a record. Yeah. So this I don't like when I hear artists, you know, preaching profanities or, you know, I mean, it's... No, we, there should be something called unsuitable for airplay. I mean, I said, people can't make them, you know, but don't play them on the radio. Gotcha, mm-hmm. I totally agree. Don't, 
that don't give that t- as nourishment for your people to listen to exactly wow. you know what i mean mm. that's, that's that's not good enough for us I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with you. And the listeners are agreeing with you. The chat room is just active today. Do you know what I'm saying? And everybody appreciates you. They're saying real talk. They love you. Good session. They want to see you. People are saying they were there in 2004. People really, really love you and appreciate you. And I certainly do. And I'm just really happy that I was able to get you on the platform today. Big up yourself, Raz, because I've been asking and I didn't know how to reach you. And I knew he would know where to find you. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I don't want to let you go. We only have a couple of minutes left. So I want you, because I know your music, is, I want people to buy your music proper. Do you know what I'm saying? So your website, your YouTube, Vivo, do you know what I'm saying? How can people reach you, right? And um, how could, just give your um, information, please. Right. I- Oh, we do have I do have a website up, but it's it's under sort of like it, we, it was up for a little while when I released my last LP called Remove the Barriers. It has to be rebuilt again. Gotcha. You know, so that's not the place at the moment. But I have my YouTube channel called Official Peter Honeygale, and you have to say Official Peter Honeygale because there's so many people who put stuff up with me saying Peter Honeygale. So if you put in Peter Honeygale straight. You won't come to the channel. Okay, so it has um, to be official, official, official Peter Honeygirl. Okay, and then you know that's where we're trying to load up now and create all the content. A lot of the songs that I've done over the years will be going up on that channel, and some's up so. there now. So my last videos, my last video was an animation video of a song called Roots Garden. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll check that. Oh. Out. Yeah, we played it. Yeah, we played it last week. Awesome. All right. Well, we got to wrap up, Peter, honey girl. It's been amazing. All right. Um, I just wish we had more time because I could spend five, six hours easily talking to you, having you sing to me. Me, me one, you know, not you, Easy English and Marcia British. And why is she easy? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Peter, it's been a real pleasure. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, I hope we can have you on the show again very, very soon. And as always, we're going to continue to play and share your music and educate the people in America who don't know about you, which is... You know, most people do by now. And in Jamaica, you're very, very, very popular. So much love to you and big up yourself and your family and be well. And um, yes. just thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate you. God bless. Thank I you. Thank you for inviting me, yeah? Yeah, man. And we're going to stay in touch because we're going to have you here soon. Okay, so have a good one and happy Valentine's, all right? Yeah, likewise, likewise for sure. And you guys be the best versions of yourself you can be. Enough love to you and Professor again. And yes, okay. Thank Someone's you. saying, can you sing a piece of your song? Just all right, just one yeah. line, because uh, do the new go. one because we're about to play that called Another Day. Go ahead. Oh, if I could give the world to you, heaven knows that I really would now. The morning sun that shines so bright in my life. Yeah, man, I be my kid at that. puddles on the floor from both me and Professor. <laughs> Take care, Peter. Talk to you soon. Bless up. Respect. Thank you, darling. Bye-bye. Bye. Coming up next is Winner's Circle Radio. Winner's Circle. Winner's Circle with John Melbourne and Comrade Allison. Big it. Big it. Love up.